Welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I am your host for today, Maria Roa, and I am delighted to be joined by Angelica Pali. Angelica is a passionate learner with a fondness for foreign languages and personal growth. She strives for efficiency and clarity in everything she does. And although her background is 100% localization, she is very marketing oriented. Angelica is currently working as the product localization manager at Babel. Well, Angelica, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks a lot for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure for us to have you here. Well, let's move on because I have a lot of questions to, to have with you and I would like to discuss all of them with you today. Let's try. <laughs> yeah. I always like to ask our guests first, how did you get started in the industry? Were you always interested in language translation and localization? Well, actually, I was. Um, so I come from a monolingual family and we've always spoken Italian and just Italian at home. However, I attended a normal kindergarten, so not a private school, just a normal kindergarten, but in Florence, Italy, and it was very international. Um, so I've always been very fascinated by people speaking different languages. And there was an episode I remember. I remember this friend of mine going to her mom and saying, Mommy, I love you. And I went home and I told my mom, you know what she said? So my friend said, I love you. And I said that in English because to me, right? I was Italian native speaker. So to me, it sounded strange that she had said to her mom something differently from what I was used to. Mommy, I love you. And that was stuck with me. And ever since, um, I think I've always learned languages like all my life. Um, it was a bit of French in kindergarten that I was very passionate. And so I learned some Spanish um, extra during high school. And then I was just so passionate that I was uh, trying a bit a bit of them all. There was a time where I, uh, I spent three months during the European voluntary service in Turkey. And I was trying to, you know, grasp a bit of Turkish out there. And, and so honestly, there's always the most, always been a time in my life where I was learning a language so French Spanish German a bit of Russian and now I am with a Czech partner which is the biggest challenge for me at the moment yeah so it, this is it it is funny how sometimes those little things when we when we are little those little things just stuck on our heads yeah. you know and lead us to to who we are now uh, well, you, you're now working at Babel. Babel has the world's first language learning app, and it's also the best-selling. It's in intuitive. It's intuitive lessons, which have led over 10 million subscriptions being sold, centered on learning and language through real-life conversations. Which is funny because that's exactly how you started <laughs> real-life conversations. The I love you. Uh, can you share a little more information about Babel and specifically, what is your role for our audience? Yes, so Babel is a language learning app. Uh, it's actually a, a very cool app that I've used myself before joining the company, like throughout the years. And uh, I, I was recently complaining that there's no check because that's the one I need. But it has, uh, it has a lot of languages. It has nine display languages. So nine are the languages you can learn from. And then there are other 14 languages available. Uh, so quite, uh, quite a lot. And it's, uh, um, it's 
very special because the courses are precisely designed by education specialists, teachers, and linguists. So they're very tailor-made and they're not just, you know, copy and pasted from one language to the other. If you are learning uh, German from the Italian app, the German will be, there will be some parts adapted for you as an Italian mother tongue. So that's, that what makes it very special to me. And uh, my role at the moment is uh, product vocalization manager, but I recently started like very short, <laughs> Uh, it's been a very short uh, time since I've been here and uh, I just, I'm here at the moment and I'm just taking the time, you know, to look at the bigger picture and trying to put the pieces uh, together because it's a big company. It grew also very fast. Uh, so there's a lot, a, a lot to, of work to do, a lot that can be improved, but it's uh, definitely going to be a, a challenge. But I think at the beginning in a new position, you really need to uh observe and take the time to see what where things are going and how you can jump in then later on but that's the second stage hmm. yeah so i can't share that much about what my role is because i've really just started what i know is that i'm really focused on supporting the internal product teams at babo perfect but you've been, you come from other companies. You've been working, for example, in um, tech companies, oh, sorry, yeah, fintech yeah. companies. And uh, leading global teams, uh, it's something that you've been doing for a long time. And that's a very challenging environment. I mean, you've been working with uh, tight timelines, managing budgets, complex strategies, uh, working for multiple clients. As a product localization manager, that that's something that you've been doing for a long time. What advice can you share with our audience? So there are a few things that I've definitely learned along the way uh, so far. Uh, first of all, it's probably to always look at the, at the bigger picture. Uh, when I joined Vivid Money, um, yeah, the fintech app that you were mentioning before, yeah. uh, I was working leading a small team uh, of localization at Vivid Money, uh, which is a very cool app based in Berlin. And uh, when I joined, there was, they had no idea what localization was, right? They, the first day, they literally flooded me with stuff on Slack to be localized. Um, it was uh, Vivid Money, it's, it's still a startup and it's still growing. And uh, uh, when I joined, like it was super new, like localization was a need that was not there before. So it started when I joined and I had to build the entire, uh, the entire processes and things and um, to try and build a system that would be scalable and uh, that would be sustainable also in the mid long term. So I think the first advice is always to look at the big picture because you want to know where you're going, what you're doing, and uh, you need to really take a step back and see, okay, where is the company going? Like, what is the localization need going to be here? So that's very important. And the way I see it is, so to me, the localization um team is always a team that is there to serve and support other teams especially like the product teams or the marketing team so we are like facilitators and in italian we say to be like parsley when you're like everywhere so that's what we need to be we need to be at the center and knowing a little bit of what's going on in all departments right we need to be involved uh, here and there to make sure that when the company gets to market everything has been properly localized and adapted so in general uh 
look at the big picture is definitely the first thing be involved a lot with right be mindful of, of the role so be involved with the right people try to get involved in the in the meetings even before things come to localization that's very important like the steps before in design in product they are very important as well to allow the localization team to do the job properly and that's definitely an advice that i would give to to the audience to, to be mindful of that and then also i think two more things that i'd like to share on this one is um on leadership uh which is actually not something i say but a friend of mine mentioned it the other day and i really liked that and i would like to share that she mentioned that she has a few people on her team and her job is really to understand what that person needs in that moment as a as a team lead so that's very true as a team lead you need to be not just to lead the team to to do things to do tasks to bring them to you know to deliver them you really need to be mindful of what the team members need in that very moment. One person might need more freedom and the other one might need very uh, challenging goals and the other one to be more, not controlled, but, you know, like a little bit more uh, involved maybe or followed in some things. So on leadership, that's, I, I really like that. And I would like to not only... Uh, invite i would like to invite the audience to take this on but also to invite myself to remember this because i think that's a very good piece of advice like as a coach as a, as a leadership um, as a leader really remember what that person in your team needs at that very specific moment because we're all different and we're all in different phases of, of life as well and uh, and then maybe the last one would be about culture as a localization as localization um, project managers or team leaders or head of localization we are the ones who should also be aware of what's going on in terms of cultural uh, conflicts of intercultural communication within teams mm -hmm. uh, for instance i remember there was a bit of a there was some friction in my previous company um, in terms of processes and that was due to a cultural difference, to a very strong cultural difference. And sometimes other people do not see that, but because we are localization managers, we should also be the one trying to take a step back and say, okay, here we might have a cultural issue. Here's something different is going on. So I would also invite the audience to, to keep that in mind because the culture we come from does influence how we work, how we think, and yeah, everything we do basically in daily life. And sometimes we think like, oh, that person was was being rude and then you realize oh no but that's just you know <laughs> i can't say the nationality it's the german <laughs> joking <laughs> i mean it's like you know the german colleague with the harsher more direct language writing an email in um, in english that sounds that might sound harsher than it would be in a, in american english so yeah. yeah lots of things that we need to keep in mind and that i've learned so far and i'm still learning yeah so i guess it basically what you're saying is teamwork coaching and culture and i think it's really interesting this last point that you're talking about culture because uh it i mean at the end Vistatech is also a multicultural i mean global company and we work every day with people from every country i mean like every day in the marketing team i'm working with uh, people from um, sweden from the usa from uh, ireland i live in spain i'm spanish um canada i mean like everywhere 
And sometimes when we write email or it, where, even when we're talking on Teams, uh, I make jokes. And then after that, I, I realize I need to say sometimes like, I am joking. <laughs> yes, I'm, exactly. I'm trying to translate maybe a joke that it's in my head from Spanish to English. And I'm like, oh, maybe I've been too harsh because when I say it in English, it's not sounding the same yeah. way. <laughs> in Spain, we are maybe too straightforward and maybe it sounded really bad in English. And I need yeah. to explain that. Oh, this was a joke. Really? I'm just like, it's, it mm -hmm. is a joke. And it's great because my marketing team does completely understand now my sense of humor because we talk and we, we have, obviously, we're always having meetings on camera. Uh, so they do see that I am joking all the time and all that. But I understand that when you don't do that, and as you say, and you're yeah. writing an email, it's it's really complicated. And can I say something here? It's not just about the like written communications or really talking. It's also because we tend to think that, but it's even more. Uh, the example from my previous company has really to do with processes. Like oh, yeah. I was working a lot with uh, Russian colleagues and they have a different way of working compared to the standard European um way of working daily in terms of process like uh, i'm talking about streamlining processes and organizing workflows like mm -hmm. the russian product teams at vivid money were amazing unbelievably fast they put on a lot of they still put in a lot of work but they also um, they can produce stuff unbelievably fast because they are very focused on being out there and testing Whereas in the European market, we tend to be more conservative. We really like to, especially the German one, but in general in Europe, we tend to, first of all, do a lot of, take a lot of pre-steps. Then we test everything. And just at the end, we go to market. Just at the end, we say, okay, guys, we are ready. We can launch. Whereas the mindset in many different cultures around the world, I say Russia, but a colleague of mine was sharing um that that's the way they also do it in india like they really try to work on a lot of different projects at the same time with different deadlines and different teams they want to bring everything out there and just afterwards when they get the reply like the um, when the market has been yeah, tested when it's live in the market, they yeah. see the results then, and then they decide exactly. then yes. they go back and they adapt yeah. it Yes, and, and i remember an issue in my previous company where we had someone from europe uh, who had to work on, on something like a designer and the Russian teams were not very happy because they wanted him to be way faster than that but mm -hmm. in his mind he had to finish one project first bring it to the end and then start on the following one because that was how he was used to to work like you do one thing you start working on focusing on one two done done next so his timeline was crazy different from what the Russian teams would have wished because they would have wanted to start on way more projects together and finish everything earlier, but maybe with less detail, less, you know, less precise, yeah. less final, but just get it done right now. And it was, uh, it was for me very, very uh, interesting to see how culture affects such things and how the people involved often do not notice that. Yeah. Do you think these were some of the biggest challenges you had working with multicultural teams or there were some others? I think the cultural challenges were were many also in the company that I had worked before, a Chinese company. So no, definitely the cultural aspect is, is very, very 
strong and it's something that especially in global teams uh, need to be, uh, I think if you're leading a team, you always need to be aware of that and you need to also make sure that the people in the team know uh, yeah, what how you communicate and what you mean, like it's good to be as clear as possible. Uh, like even just a thing as simple as feedback can cause huge issues because it's different. And I've read a few books uh, about this topic and yeah, it really, it's really a big passion of mine. And uh, yeah, that was definitely one of the biggest challenges because the, the technical stuff is always something that you can learn. If you don't know something, you, you can, you know, you, you, you learn it and then you can implement it. But then there are some aspects which are harder. Hmm. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I think sometimes you, it's impossible that you, well, not impossible, but it's really hard that you understand the culture from someone else if you have not lived in the country or treated with those people for, for a long time, We did, treated with people from that country for a long time. Uh, well, I know you also are an expert in coaching. Yes. I mean, an expert is a big word. <laughs> <laughs> and you have spoke a little about it. Um, can you let us know a bit more about it? Like, how how do you handle when you get into a new team? I mean, what is the first? How do you think people should go on for that? What do you think when you get to a new team? How mm. would you handle it? I mean, would you talk to each people individually? Would you... I would definitely start by talking to each people individually. However, uh, this is something that I would like to hear from from people even who have more experience than I do. Because yeah, I've led a team at Vivid Money, but it was also a, a smaller team. So uh, this is definitely something that I will need to work on right in the in the next few years. And that's also why I did the coaching course because I wanted to have a plus and to to take things from a from a different approach and i think that will help me even more in the challenges i will face in the future um to really yeah take the time to focus on on the the people and uh, i'm also let's say on on this the thing that's really of interest for me is the development of the different people in the teams and that's where coaching can help uh, because it's hard Sometimes it's hard to talk to your team member and get a real honest answer. You need time, right? And so to really understand what they need and how they can develop, how they want to develop, that's really tough. And coaching can help with the way coaching works, with the way the questions are structured, the way the relationship is set. So coaching can definitely help everyone uh, who's leading a team or planning to leave that. And it was definitely a plus for me in my professional life. I really learned uh, a lot from the coaching certification. And there's also, I mean, I, I hope in the future to do even more, like maybe team coaching. We'll see. So what advice would you give to individuals just getting started in this industry? Mm. Yes, so as I mentioned, always look at the bigger picture and try to really focus on the people, not just on the processes, because processes can be built and changed and we can always test new ones and adapt them. But uh, the 
people are the ones who make the difference, uh, especially in a team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as, a, as an industry, I mean, localization is very, is very interesting. So we always have people from very different backgrounds coming and, and, and joining. So that's also something that someone leading a team uh, or someone getting in localization needs to keep in mind. Like when you work with the engineers, you are, um, you can have a certain approach. When you work with someone for marketing, you kind of have to slightly adjust that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you said you have just recently started working with Babel, but we've read that Babel announced it has sold more than 1 million subscriptions to U.S. consumers in the first half of 2022 alone, with 70% of Americans stating that they would consider learning a new language, most citing travel as a key motivator to do so. Babel expects its growth will continue. Meanwhile, the U.S. market has overtaken the home market of Germany as Babel's strongest market. It's it's crazy. I heard you've been doing some crazy things with some mm -hmm. really famous people there. As a product localization manager, it sounds as thought you're going to be busy in 2023. <laughs> Definitely <Right>. very busy. <laughs> I I can for I can see that as well. I foresee that. Uh, it's not yet the moment, but yeah, no, definitely, um, I can, it's definitely an exciting time to be joining the company, uh, to see where it's going to go in the next few years, where it's got, where and how it's going to expand. So I'm very happy because also at the previous company, I was lucky to join at a very good moment, like where things could really be a bit shaped and then adapted and yeah, we'll see if I, how uh, my role will evolve here as well because it's also always an evolution and Babel has a lot of a lot of different teams uh, working on different projects so it's it's very nice and I'm sure they bring out a lot of new stuff and cool features the next few years so yeah I'm also it's it's, it's going to be challenging for sure but it's definitely going to be um, interesting also to see how yeah how the U.S. Uh, because we have a smaller quarter in the U.S. as well, so the main quarter is in Berlin. Uh -huh. So it will be interesting to see how the company evolves on that side, right? So of the of the ocean. Great. Well, we've come to the end of the interview. It's been so fast. Thank you so much. But is there anything else you would like to share with our audience today before we close? Uh, yes, there is something. So um, I think what what makes the localization industry really uh, special is that it's it kind of accepts everyone. You don't need to have a pure localization background to become a localization manager. And I've heard a lot of stories from people who were like even doctors. Once I heard a doctor who then specialized in medical translation, completely changed career. So in compared to other industries, it's an industry that it's way more flexible, adaptable, and that it's very cool. Sometimes you can feel though a bit like you're not enough or that you would need to have or that your background is strange uh, that you, you know, but uh, what I'd like to say is that I've also felt sometimes, I still feel sometimes like I lack some technical uh, skills 
uh, because I kind of also changed path for a while and I've also done something else then came back to pure localization. But I think that's the beauty. What I would like to share is that the beauty of, of the industry that it always changes, it adapts a lot and it takes everyone, no matter what your background is. If you are at a certain point passionate in localization, you'll find a way to come in and to and to enjoy it because it's way more open than a lot of other industries. Like if you're a lawyer, uh, you know, you, you know law, <laughs> that's what you're going to do. But with, in localization, you have the most varied um, background, people, people with the most varied background. And I think that's where, really where we're going to see uh, wonders in the next few years, because where you have that much variety, you also had a lot of evolution and changes. Yeah. And so that's going to be exciting to see. Also, you know, we have all the AI, so the engineer side of localization and then the product design side. Of, there are many, many different aspects and the industries like uh, boiling with uh, uh, with news and yeah I think you're right. innovation very welcome industry and we have people from everywhere it's it's crazy it's crazy well thank you very much for that it was a pleasure having you and it's a pleasure for me too thank you yeah we hope to have you later on when you're oh, that'd be nice more into the new and into the new role so we can talk a little bit more about it be happy to yeah Thank so you. that was the end of today's show with angelica pali please make sure to tune in again to see and or to listen to the next business talk show where we will be discussing more interesting topics with interesting people from all around the world 